I'm your host, The Weeb. This is the show where every other week I'll be talking about anime, manga, and everything in between. This week I'll be talking about, following my spoilers I gave in the last episode, today I'll be introducing you to the video game fantasy genre, as I call it. It's, um, let's say, a derivative from the isekai genre. They just jumped the part where there is a... Uh, a resurrection of someone and then just jumped into um, fantasy world with video game RPG kind of aspects let's say and to do that I'll be talking about the anime is it wrong to pick it up girls in a dungeon or in Japanese and I'll kind of butcher this Dungeon Idei o Motomeru no I hope this was somewhat understandable, but anyways, this is commonly also known as Dangmachi, just to shorten it up, and just a little side note before I even start, this is the one anime that signifies the start of the timeline wherein where the anime titles and like novel titles begin to be obnoxiously long for no real reason. Anyway, so I'll be talking about this anime today and let's start with the stat with the stats. So first off, the match was originally a light novel written by Fujino Omori, published by SB Creative. The original run was from January 2013 to the present according to Wikipedia. It has 80 volumes to today. Again, according to Wikipedia, I don't actually know. I would have thought this light novel would have ended already, but I guess not. I don't know. So later on, the manga was also, um, a manga adaptation was also made beginning in August 2013 to the present, apparently. And then there is also a um, spin-off manga which ran from 2014 to 2017 and then we get to the the part we're talking about today the anime so the anime has to today 2023 it has they say four seasons but let's talk about this the first season has 13 episodes the second season has 13 episodes the third season has 12 episodes, 12, 13 episodes, the normal stuff. The fourth season was done in the the new kind of model they are doing with two cores. So, two cores, or so basically, they make a 25 episode anime into two parts of 12 just because I don't actually know. Basically, they can say they have four seasons. To me, they have six seasons, 59 episodes, plus three OVAs and the movie. So anyways, uh, 29 episodes to today. For the sake of this review, I'll be talking about just the um, first season without the movie. And I jumped this 
I skipped this part, but disclaimers, spoiler alert, although the first season doesn't actually have um, a lot of story, really, it's mostly set up. I will be talking about the, the genre in a broad way because as with Isekai, which is the base genre, the whole thing kind of is a blank slate to put any history on. So basically, I will get to that, but basically... Uh, I'll be talking about mostly the how this anime fits in that genre and not really discuss much of the story because I, I actually didn't watch any of the seasons after the first one, even after we watching it for the review. And well, that's basically it for the anime. As I already said, they have one movie which was released in 2019, a bit before the second season, so let's get to it. The first season was aired in April 2015 to June 2015. The second season was made really, really, really after it. I can't find really the reason why they did it like this because they took four years off. So basically, uh, you would think it's a kind of a dead IP. Uh, the studio which who made the the anime was JC Staff, which also made some of the um, Data Live anime. I think the third and the fourth seasons. I, I think I may be wrong on that. I think just the third season, if I'm correct. Anyways, the thing is, the second season came out in July 2019 to September 2019. The third season was aired from October 2020 to December 2020. And then the fourth season, as I already said, had the two cores kind of deals. So they premiered on July 2022 and then on October. And then the second core was from January 2023 to March 2023. So really, really recent. That being said, um, I will get to that, but the, at the very least, the first season is kind of pretty boring. I'm already giving my opinion right off the bat, oh my god. Anyways, so those are basically the stats. As, um, the movie came out before the second season came out in, I think, February 2019. And I don't actually know if they are making a um, fifth season, because uh, from this point on, I don't even think they have much of... Um, content to go on i i don't think the light novel has much of any more stories really that being said let's get to the real plot of the anime and why the the video game fantasy is a genre i think it's worth talking about also because it is one of the most i would not say prominent but it is something that we see nowadays so much in conjunction with the isekai genre that i feel like i need to at the very least talk about it and also because as i already said in the last episode when you search your mainstream search engines such as my enemy list isekai is entwined with the video game fantasy although there is no isekai actually because the, there's no resurrection, no no transportation of people from one world to the next. So I feel like this is a misnomer. Um, 
most of it this is um error of classification in their part but uh you could say that for the general public it's way easier to just label the same thing as an isekai but again i i don't agree with it so i'll use my own terminology that being said let's get to the plot before i even uh, start rambling again so what is this about right so from the very very start of the first episode they give a really uh, a prelude to the to the story so basically um in ancient times the gods just descended from heaven to earth for no real reason and they bestowed their blessings onto people and so people could not only develop but uh, brave the dungeon let's say the dungeon is um this let's say alive location such as this if you the the best let's say example i can give is much like if you ever played a so um not a souls like but a, a roguelike kind of game um something like hades or dead cells you start with a build and go through the dungeon doing your stuff killing monsters and getting loot and eventually you either get back home, let's say complete the dungeon, complete the run, or you die. So basically the, the basis of the anime is that people, adventurers, get into the dungeon to get stronger and basically explore it and farm monsters, let's say, to earn money and keep on with their lives. That's basically the the really the how can I say the the world building really. So the whole city, the whole world basically is centered around these dungeons, and so there's a guild of adventures which has um, quests and so on and so forth. And then we get the at some point we get to see the the let's say the shopping mall for them the blacksmith the blacksmith shop then then we get to see the all the artisan guilds which do different things and whatever and this is all, all of this is basically let's say peppered with this fantasy underline right the the thing is the whole thing really sounds like a game from the get go because at some point you would think like when we think about fantasy normally we talk about how they explore um the the characters in the uh, fantasy a normal fantasy story explore the magic of the world the world outside they go on to adventures around the world and so on and so forth for the machi and some others in specific that eventually i'll come around to to talk about maybe the some of the fantasy things are really pinned down to video game like let's say entities or locations so in the case of the machi they have this dungeon which is the central let's say adventure point for everyone and so they have these explorations and expeditions for the dungeon to go to the lower levels and reach lower levels and go deeper and deeper and so on and so forth the thing is why do i call this uh video game fantasy because 
in normal fantasy, much like in the Lord of the Rings and I don't know, in Game of Thrones and so on and so forth. First off, you, you don't generally name your abilities, that's the first thing. And, and it's the second thing, that the really egregious and the thing that uh, really takes the whole genre in of itself. You don't give levels to the abilities, <laughs> you don't... You don't number things. That the, there there are no numbers for things or ratings for things. In this world, uh, your skill. Um, so just to give a, a bit more of the world building. So the gods descended to earth to bestow their blessings, and so each god builds their own familia, which is their their following. Let's say. And our main protagonist is Bel Cranel, who is member of the Hestia family. So Hestia is our main girl, let's say, uh, the goddess who is the is the one that Bel more or less worships. It's not really a worshiping kind of relationship. It's kind of it, but not really. And so for each of the goddess the gods and goddesses they have their familias so the different groups of people who basically make their trades so for example Hephaestus who's the god of the forge in the Greek mythology she and this is a thing they the author really took some I'd say poetic liberties with the the interpretations, and for all intents and purposes, I don't really care. Really, and they gender bend some of the goddesses, um, the gods and the goddesses. They it doesn't really matter at the end of the day because um, if you ever read Greek myths or myths in general, the gods uh, have this power of basically. Um, morphing into other things, other people and whatever. So it doesn't really matter the, the form they take in the story, but uh, I just wanted to point this out because, for example, Hephaestus is a girl in this um, in this world. So, and Loki also, who's the... And I may get this wrong because I don't actually know Norse mythology so much, but it's the god of flies in Norse mythology. And from everything I ever saw around Loki, it's a guy. But in this context, in Damachi, she's a girl. And this is just a thing I wanted to talk about. Mere of fact is the each of the goddess, gods and goddesses, they do their own thing. And they have their familias. And most of the goddesses, have adventures in the familias, but some of them have side jobs or main jobs that are not adventuring. Uh, something like artisans, something like uh, blacksmiths, uh, as I already said. And this changes from god to god, but anyways, the, the thing is, right, from what we see on the relationship between Hestia and Bel, um, Hestia as the god the goddess who has bestowed her blessing onto Bell. She's the only one who can actually read his stats. And from what um, we gather most of the time is that if he, let's say he 
goes up a level or improves in, in some some stat, she has to actually checkpoint it more or less. So basically, he she has to do somewhat of a ritual, let's say, to engrave the the improvement into him. It somewhat reminds me of Elden Ring or Dark Souls, where you have to reach the bonfire to actually, let's say, convert your souls into actual skills. Uh, skill points, really, but you get what I'm, what I'm saying. And in their readings, Hestia uh, shows that there are numbers, the, the skills c come on written, and so th there's basically a report, a character sheet at the end of this, let's say, ritual. And this is the egregious part. This is the, the thing that uh, separates fantasy from video game fantasy, which is something that a whole lot of other animes have embraced, is that some, for some reason they get this, this notion that fantasy is actually like the RPGs we play, but I mean, classically you, you wouldn't think about it, really. One of... Uh, just as an example, one of the um, animes slash mangas that have come out in the last few years, which lives in the gray zone for this, whether it's video game fantasy for me or normal fantasy, is Goblin Slayer. They actually have a whole lot of things that really reminds of video games, but until there's a number for things, I'm willing to give it a pass. That being said, um, let's go ahead and go into it. So, as I already said, the, the first season doesn't actually have a whole lot of story, and so there's not really many things I can say about the anime. What we can see is that um, at the beginning, uh, Belle is really, really a real, real newbie around the whole thing about being an adventurer and earning money and whatever. And Hestia only has one member in her family, who is Belle. And Belle is your um, normal, everyday harem protagonist. So he's true to himself. He's really a bleak. He's really dense. He's really honest. And whenever there's a, a hint of uh, H.E. scene, he goes full red and really panics. And that whole trope, you, you get what I'm saying. And this eventually becomes kind of, let's say, a heron anime somewhat. I think in the later seasons it becomes more apparent. In the first season they try to start it. We get two, um, two girls at the end of it. But um, the anime itself... It, um, you have the feeling that they set up a lot of things to happen, and so I would say if you if you get the interest to actually see the rest, watch the other seasons. I don't personally have because you know I think it's kind of bland. I will get to that in, at the end when I talk about it, but I think the the anime itself is kind of bland at the end of it. But the thing is, right, so they set up a whole lot of stuff, so Belle starts off really as a newbie, and eventually the one um, one day Hestia sees that one ability has, let's say, developed inside of him, which is a special, really rare ability, which gives him 
um, let's say an XP boost, so everything he does really gives him really, really um, huge amounts of experience, and so he begins to grow really fast. So at some point, he all his stats become become S tier, as they say, and really become to go really nuts with it. But for some reason, and this is really not explained in the um, anime I don't I think in the light novels better explained but oh well um, for some reason the um, gods they competed compete against each other to basically steal the participants of one another's family and there is this underlying underlining theme in the whole the whole anime that at some point if uh, um, God has no familiar. There's something that happens, and we don't actually get to know what it, what would happen if they don't actually have a familiar. But the the implications there. That's the the point I'm making. And so Hestia, for she chooses not to say that he uh, to him that he ha he has this special ability which makes him grow faster and, and this is the thing right so she does the ritual and she can kind of manipulate the the character sheet in a way that they don't actually get to read all the stats and, and this is a plot point that really is just a big setup for later on like they really made this plot point really early I don't know if it happens really uh, this way in the source material, but it's a plot point that just stays in the air, and I don't actually know if they get to resolve it later in the other seasons. But this is one of the cases where this anime really just throws something in the air and leave it for later, and we'll get there when we get there, right? And so this is the first thing. So she, he has this special ability, but he doesn't actually know that he has it and from this point on he starts to grow and eventually starts earning more money and so on and so forth later on we get to meet um he gets to develop let's say feelings for another venture of another family who's i don't actually remember her name her first name is ice i i don't actually remember the surname because as i think it's the fourth fourth episode in a row I don't actually know German. Anyways, the the thing is, he gets feelings for this girl, and she's like a top, a really young top adventurer because she's like a prodigy and whatever. And so his first, um, his first objective really is to grow up and be worthy to be beside her because he eventually wants to confess and whatever. And at this point, when he gets these feelings, we can already see that a lot of other girls are gunning for him. And so the, the heron anime trope kind of starts from this point on. And things roll all around. We eventually get to meet an, another girl, which eventually becomes, this, let's say, the second girl in the familia. I don't actually remember if she joins the familia, really, but... Anyways, that, that's not important here. And it's basically an arc of a girl who was a, uh, really abused by her former partners and whatever. And basically scammed into getting into a really bad family and whatever. And, and the whole thing is really depressing. The whole backstory of her is really 
it's really sad. And so she she basically tricks um at this point Bell has already grown a bit and has Hestia has given him a really really special weapon made by Hephaestus herself which has the the ability to only work with him because he's the original owner let's say and it grows with him so it's basically um, an equipment that, that he doesn't actually need to change later on so basically again as an RPG as an MMO as anything basically when you drop loot in a looter shooter or whatever uh, Dark Souls doesn't have this kind of deal but it's something let's say akin to Borderlands for example you can drop the same weapon twice but in some depending on the level of the area the weapon stats will change based on the level and so we, you will need to get the um, new version let's say so he doesn't actually have this this need with this weapon he has just to and just to give a little bit of context they don't actually give the name for classes for example in this in the machi but in some other in some other anime some other instances of this gender they actually do but for the the sake of reference bell is what we would call either a thief a thief or a rogue let's say although he doesn't actually have much stealth skills or uh theft skills let's say a sleight of hand and whatever he's a uh light armor fighting uh, with a knife at the end of the the season he gets um his main knife which is this weapon he got from hestia which is the knife of hephaestus and whatever and eventually he gets also a parry knife to go like 12 daggers kind of style and so we get this little arc where he gets tricked by this supporter, which is basically a contractor, generally a contractor they get for getting, basically getting the, the loot drops from the monsters and being the navigators inside the dungeon. So the, this girl tricks him, steals his knife once, the knife actually doesn't work without him, so the, the girl doesn't, she can't sell the knife to earn money and there's a whole lot of other stuff between getting revenge on some f some guys that started her before and then she gets when she tries actually to trick him trick bell again she gets extorted herself and and bell being the good guy heron protagonist he turns the other cheek and just says yeah want to I still want you in my in my group and forgives her which is really annoying in a way the way she does it and the way he's really dense really annoys me personally I mean some in some cases being dense is not really a detriment to a to a character but the way that it is done here really annoys me it's really jarring to to a point I I really can't man I really can't and this adds up to my opinion on the end but anyways let's get going so eventually she joins the group and then later on we get to meet this let's say the second member of the the party which is uh 
a blacksmith from a, basically a failed family, familia, and long story short, they become friends because the, um, the guy doesn't actually want to be a blacksmith anymore because he he is a really talented blacksmith, but um, in the way that people treated his work, he has basically gone rogue against his own work and basically you have dropped it in order to be an adventure. So he joins the party as well after some dealing dealing and whatever. And that's basically the 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 story really. And talking about it like this, I'm glossing over a whole lot of details, but basically the as I already said, the first season is a huge amount of setups. There is this first setup where we see that Hestia actually has this underlining thing about uh, nothing, not having a familia, because as Belle is the only member, if he eventually leaves her for a better familia, something happens, but we don't actually know what. And also because she she gives a whole lot of flags that she has actually love interest on him, but that's part for the course at this point. And this is the first thing. The second thing is that from the very, very start, for no real reason, Belle doesn't actually know her, but, well, that jumping a whole lot of things, but there is one goddess called Freya, who's the god of, goddess of beauty in Norse mythology, if I'm not mistaken. She's, for some reason, she knows about Belle, although he doesn't know about her, and she's in love with him because, in her words, he he's pure and shines like no other. So basically, she likes to see him grow in combat skill from what we gather. As such, a lot of the conflicts in the anime are caused by her and her associates, her followers. At some point, the... She even, like, causes a, a major disaster in the city where she releases a wild monster and basically, let's say, brainwashes him into trying to kill Bell. Eventually, he he gets to feed all the monsters and whatever. And later on, she... One of her followers trains a monster inside the dungeon to be, like, a, a buffed version of a monster that is way higher level that he shouldn't be in um let's say a, an earlier level and so basically he forces the encounter on bell and the the monster is really huge and he really strong and whatever and so there's a fight and later on the in the um, from what we see in the last the last um let's say the end of the season kind of rush as all these 12 episode enemies have in the last confrontation of the season uh, she basically drops a floor boss into a safe haven that I'd say the yeah the safe haven they have like there's a floor boss on the 17th level and the 18th is basically a safe area where there's a a restocking point, a city underground in the dungeon, and is the, let's say, the last stop before the middle levels. So basically she gets the, the boss and drops him into a place that should be safe. 
that's what we see, but we don't actually get to see the um, the end game, the why she's doing this. That that's the the one thing that we don't actually get to see. But we get to see that she has influence on the the happenings that occur as the anime progresses. But again, it's um it's basically an empty plot point because we don't actually get to see the the why she's doing it and really the disconnection between the fact that Belle doesn't actually know about her is is really like why are you doing this? The guy doesn't even know you. Anyways, I'm getting off track. So basically, the thing is. The um, whole anime is really like pulling from video games and in... Now, let's talk about the, the genre itself before I start rambling too much about the, the story and get to the, my opinion before I even need to. Um, talking about the, the genre itself. So, much like Isekai, I don't actually said this when I talked about Yojo Senki, but talking about here, both Isekai and... Video game fantasy, fantasy in general, in anime, it, they basically evolved into this, let's say, free canvas for people to put any story into it. So, for instance, Isekai has a whole lot of different, really out there concepts. So, now we have the Uncle for Another World, we have uh, our. I think the potion shop of another world, we have the... I think there's a farming one, I don't actually remember the name, but you get what I'm saying. We have a whole lot of isekais from ReZero to Yojo Senki to No Game No Life, which have all these different takes on the, the overall genre. So isekai basically, it became somewhat of um, a new kind of fantasy, let's say. If you actually think about it, it's akin to Alice in the Wonderland, in the Wonderland, as it, uh, it's a, it's a concept we already have, but uh, now we can get to actually add it, any tweets we want, and that is also true to video game fantasy. So, unfortunately, the one other, one other example I have of video game fantasy in my head right now is Redo the Healer, which is a really good example of video game fantasy um, when we talk about the genre, but it is not really a good anime to talk about here because the the, the theming is really not uh, suitable right now, let's say. Eventually, I want to, to actually review it as an anime, but that's that comes in the future. The thing is, um, this adding of levels, n naming the, the abilities, doing these things that we we don't see in classical fantasy, we see just in video games. This is basically an RPG dot anime. That, that's the thing, right? And anyone RPG dot anime that we see is to me a video game fantasy contender, let's say, um, instance. And much like Isekai has already said, you can get whatever theme, whatever story you want on it. And so it's a really broad genres and doesn't actually have too much of um of a template. Let's say it, it has even less requirements than the Isekai one. But anyways, that being said, let's talk quickly about my opinion, then wrap this whole thing up. So talking about Danmachi in general. As I already said, 
it is made by JC Stat. JC Staff did the I think the third season of The H Alive. I think the third season, if not the fourth, maybe even both of them. They really did a good job on The Alive, and here I have to say they really did a really really good job. The animation is really nice. I would not say that it it is the best animation I've ever seen, but it's a fair fair eight out of ten. If if I can get some kind of rating on it it's a fair eight and eight and a half out of ten it's really good they actually went out of the way to actually use 3d animation in some let's say i don't as i say every so often i don't actually like 3d animation uh, 3d cgi in anime in general because they all use the same engine and all use this same bad models and whatever but some in some cases they actually do a good job this is one case where they did, really did a good job not only that but they actually put a whole lot of big fights um most of them are like bell against some kind of monster bell and someone against some type of monster and whatever really good fights uh really well animated the choreography is really well done, the um, animation, the colors, the effects, particle effects and whatever, really well done. The animation, as I already said, is fairly crisp. The music in the, um, in the anime in general, it's not my preference, but it's not bad, I would say. It, it fits, and I think the opening, especially, is pretty wholesome, it's pretty cute, and... That's basically for the anime itself. Talking about the story, I really find it... First off, before I even start with the story, let me just touch one one bit in character design. What the fuck? <laughs> I mean, when you look at Hestia, what the fuck? And then when we look at Freya after she adorns herself with the, the only actual suit we get to see her use, for the entirety of the anime. What the fuck? I mean, I don't know, it's not that it doesn't actually fit, but the designs are somewhat of strange. I don't know, it's just my opinion. Something's off, whatever. Just, this is just a side note. Talk about the story. I think it's really, really bland. As I already said, the anime, it clings a lot into a whole lot of tropes that we, we know from other Anime at this point in back then in 2015, goddamn it, 2015 was the height of the the Ichi Haren whatever anime we we got the and this is the thing I, I will get to to review eventually all the famous let's say Ichi Haren kind of deals we had in, back in the early 2010s early to mid 2010s. That that was a really strange time to watch anime uh, seasonally, and this one it comes to me as bland because when you compare it to other things in the same time frame, it it is just another one. It doesn't really add too much to it in my and this is all my opinion. Okay, I I don't actually. If you like it, you like it. I, I don't actually care. But the thing is, 
to me it comes out as bland. The the characters are really bland. The the way things roll is really there's nothing to really write about. This is a, a perfect six. I mean, it's competent enough to not be bad, but it it doesn't add anything to the to the repertoire. I mean, with 59 episodes, you you know we could have some really really good anime. Nowadays, I, I don't I don't actually know what JC staffs are working on, but the thing is, kind of I don't know could have liked something better. Just my opinion. And with that line in mind, uh, that's about it for the review. So thank you for listening. If you like what I do, if you like my work, if you like the, the podcast, please like, please share, please subscribe. Depending on the platform you're in, please share with a friend. Please join the Discord if you can share with a friend, right? And that's basically it. I hope you stick around and see you in the next one. Bye.